Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. to Monday Matinee on the Mutual Audio Network. Following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. Once again, the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse brings you classic theatre adapted and performed by some of the very best audio players from around the world. So without further ado... Here's your host for this week's show. And we're back for another exciting Sonic Summerstock Theater. And we have, you know, two weeks of great shows from the same company with John Elsedek and his players. The group they call Suspense from the show Suspense. And (laughs) Suspense was a great old time (laughs) radio show. It was one of my favorites. Did you ever get a chance to listen to it? Uh, no, no, unfortunately not. All all of the suspense I've heard has been on Sonic Society. <laughs> <laughs> it's great because suspense, the show, had a exclamation mark afterwards. It was suspense. Mm-hmm. And it was always the narrator was, this is the man in black kind of thing. And so he was, uh, he was this not, man not in quite black. Th- not quite, this is the voice of the Mr. Runs. That's right. <laughs> yeah, no, this is the man in black, and he would explain another story of suspense where something strange was happening. Um, it was so popular that um, it was mentioned by Bill Cosby during his very famous comedy um, sketch where he talks about um, the heart that ate New York City, which actually I didn't realize, but actually really was a show um, in another show called The Creaking Door. Um, and he, he, he describes how he was a kid, and when he was left alone, um, his parents would go, you know, go out for the night because that was, that was the age when, you know, have some stranger come and babysit your kids. I'd just as soon leave them home by themselves, you know. <laughs> so they would leave him in his crib, and then he'd go and say, you know, you can't get out of your crib. You know, you, you st- get out of your crib and, you know, we put all these black snakes down to kill you and you'll be dead oh, till morning kind of thing if they bite you. <laughs> so you got to stay in your crib. And he goes, yeah, I'll stay in my crib. And they leave. And, of course, he gets out of his crib and turns on the radio. And uh, they said, you know, last time this happened, you know, you, you got so scared for the monsters that you smeared jello all over the floor. And your oh. father, <laughs> just so the monsters would slip. And your father came in, you hurt his back. So you can't, can't get out of the crib, you know. So he turns on the radio and he's listening to, you know, Lights Out, which was another show where it tell you, and he says he was so stupid, he'd do whatever they turn your lights out. Okay, they're out. Scare me to death. Scare me to death. So <laughs> suspense is not as as terrifying as Lights Out. It's not as as terrifying as the creaking door, which would slam shut at the end of the episode, which would freak people out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is really wonderfully suspenseful. And in suspense, uh, 
that John Elsedek has taken some of, in some cases he's taken some of the original uh, shows that were done back in the 40s and he's redone them which is what we have tonight we have Wet Saturday which is great and mm-hmm. in other cases he's written brand new suspense episodes never before uh, heard except for through his group and of course last season on the Sonic Society so He's been fantastic. John's a, a great uh, a treasure and a brand new source of entertainment for here in the in this in the audio drama realm. And we're really grateful that we have Wet Saturday to listen to and watch the performance of. At least we will here yes. in the Sonic Summerstock Theater, two thousand and thirteen. Oh, I think the uh, the curtain's rising. Ah, I can. It stopped. Oh no. It that... stopped right in the middle. Oh, no, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> See, there, I wasn't even looking. I was sticking my face <laughs> in the popcorn bag. <laughs> the suspense is killing me. Here we are, John Elsedek with Wet Saturday and Suspense. Tonight, we take pleasure in bringing you Suspense, a weekly anthology of notable melodramas from stage and screen, fiction and radio, presented each week to bring you to the edge of your chair, to keep you in Suspense. It's a wet Saturday. Never saw it rain harder. I'm Princey. Frederick Princey. Just an ordinary family man. I have a son, a daughter, and a wife. I'd be out golfing if it hadn't been for the rain. I'm Mrs. Princey. I planned to drive over to the nurseries that afternoon for some arbiters. The borders, you know, but... Oh, the whole lot of them make me sick. Yes, I'm George, son and heir. I had a date to go punting. Punting. Couldn't find the blasted punt in this weather. So, I'm home too. I'm... I'm Millicent. I was going to play croquet. And that's how I happen to have... the mallet. Oh, don't keep staring at the sun porch. Listen to me, all of you. Don't you see? They'd hang her. That's what they do. They'd hang her. Oh, Fred, it's too awful. <laughs> awful? It's catastrophic. Well, suppose this sweet, gentle, intelligent girl, respected, loved by the whole village, doing a thing like this. <laughs> think of the publicity, the disgrace. You think I'm going to resign from the bench, the vestry, sell out and live in some foggy hotel abroad? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Oh, don't be a fool. Any more than you have been, the governor means. Be quiet. Wouldn't be so bad if it were you, George. 
Everybody in the village knows what a worthless ne'er-do-well you are. George, stop laying on that couch like a lump. Sit up on your spine. You might be of a little use here if you could think. Listen, Governor, this isn't my funeral. Oh, shut up. As long as I can remember, George, you've been a trial and a tribulation to me. Oh, I can't stand it. I cannot stand it. You've got to stand it, my dear. And keep that hysterical note out of your voice, you hear? Yes. Just act as if we were talking about the weather. Now, George. Yeah? George, if he fell down the old well, say, striking his head several times, what about it, eh? I don't know, Governor. What about it? Don't be an ass. I'm asking you to think. He'd have to have hit the side several times in thirty or forty feet, and at all the correct angles. No. No, I'm afraid not. I'm afraid not. We'll have to go over it again, Millicent. Oh! Oh, no! No, Father! No! No, I couldn't! I could not! Millicent! We must go over it all again. Oh, no, no. Fred, you're torturing her. Oh, face facts, Mater. With him lying out there in the sun porch, there's no use pretending it's a picnic. They might hang you, Millicent. Oh, stop <laughs> that shaking. Stop it, you hear? You must stop it. Stop it. And keep your voice quiet. Millicent, we are talking of the weather. Now... We will proceed. I can't. I can't. Not with those boots there. Oh, you should have thought of them boots before, Millie. I'm not moving them. Sit up, George. Stop slouching. Now, Millicent, look at me. Answer me truthfully, you hear? Answer me. You were in the croquet court. Yes. Who knew you were in love with this wretched curate? Who? Or the old village. They've been snickering about it at the pub for three years past. What a filthy mess. Millicent, we continue. You were on the croquet court. Yes. You were putting the croquet set into its box. Yes, it, it was starting to rain. And I was carrying the balls and mallets into the sun porch. See, the box is kept in there. You heard someone enter the garden gate and come across the yard. Yes. Could you see who it was? Well, not at first. I was going into the sun porch and I threw down all of the mallets but the red one and turned round. It was Withers? Yes. So you called him? Yes. Loudly? Did you call him loudly? Could anyone have heard? No, Father, no, 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 I'm sure not. I didn't really call him. I, I just spoke his name. He saw me as I went to the door. He waved his hand and came over. How can I find out whether there was anyone about, whether he could have been seen? I'm sure not, Father. I'm, I'm quite sure. Hmm. So, you both went into the sun porch. Yes, it was raining hard then. What did he say? Well, he said hello, Millie, and to excuse his coming in the back way, but he'd set out to walk over to Liston. Yes? And he said, passing the park, that he'd seen the house and suddenly thought of me, and and he thought he'd just look in for a moment, that he had something to tell me. Go on. He 
said he was so happy that he had wanted to share it, that he'd heard from the bishop that he was to have a vicarage. And it wasn't only that. It meant that he could marry. And of course I thought he meant me. Don't tell me what you thought. Tell me exactly what he said, nothing else. Well, well... <laughs> oh, stop crying. It's a luxury you can no longer afford. Tell me what happened. He said no. He said it wasn't me. It was Ella Bragdon Davis. <laughs> and he was sorry and all that. And, and, and then he went to go. And then? And I went mad. He turned his back. I had the red mallet from the croquet set in my hand. I forgot to drop it in the box when he came in. Did you shout or scream? I mean as you hit him. No. No, I I'm sure I didn't. Did he? Come on, speak up. No, no, father. And then? I, I threw it down. I came straight in here. I went to look for mother. Oh, my poor baby. Oh, leave the child alone, Fred. Not such a child, Mater. Hmm. Millie, I had no idea you were capable of... Keep quiet. I'm thinking. Hmm. You see, he probably told people he was going to Liston. Certainly no one knew he was coming here, for he didn't decide until he crossed the park. He might have been attacked in the woods. We must consider every detail... A curate with his head battered in. Oh, don't, Father, don't! A curate with his head battered in. Now, who would want to kill Withers? Kill Withers? Why, I would, the beggar. <laughs> How do you do, Mrs. Princey? Captain Smollett. Oh, sit down, pray. Mustn't get up for me, Mrs. Princey. You either, Millicent. My word. Just being neighborly on a bad day. I wanted to ask you about those dahlia bulbs, Princey. Took a shortcut on account of the rain and walked right in. Knew you wouldn't mind. Oh, he heard you, Father. <laughs> oh, my dear, why, we can all have our little jokes. Uh, don't pretend to be shocked. Uh, this way, Smollett. Uh, this chair. Facing the fire. Sit down, Mother. Oh, just straightening the curtains off the sun porch, dear. It... So gloomy out there, might as well shut the rain out. Oh, just talking about a little theoretical curate-killing, Smollett. Oh, you know, young people these days like thrillers. Personicide. Justifiable personicide. Have you heard about Ella Bragdon Davis? I shall be most properly laughed at. Why? Why should you be laughed at, Smollett? Oh, I had a shot in that direction myself. <laughs> She half said yes, too. Hadn't you heard? She told most people. Now it'll look as if I got turned down for a white rat in a dog collar. Oh, too bad. No, fortune of war. Yes, fortune of war. Odd how it happens, isn't it? Sit down, Smollett. Millicent, console Captain Smollett with your best light conversation. Uh, you too, Mother. George and I have something to look at outside. It's this rain, you know. Bad, very bad. Uh, come, George. Make yourself useful for a change. Righto, Governor. Maybe we'll all need raincoats, what? No, I don't think so. Just make yourself at home, Smollett. Make yourself at home. Uh, cigarette 
Captain Smollett. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Nasty day to be going out. Something about the old well just off the sun porch. You know, this sudden weather seems to have loosened some of the stones. Oh, too bad. Dashed too bad. Spoils the tennis and croquet. I mean, a day like this. Doesn't it, Millie? I say, doesn't it, Millie? Oh, yes, it does. She was practicing out on the croquet court earlier, but oh... Oh, do pull your chair near the fire, Captain. It's so damp. We thought it would be cosy to light it. Thank you. I'm quite comfortable. I... I hope you don't feel too bad about Ella Bragdon Davis. Thank you, Millie. Very kind of you. I'm all right. After all, can't always win. Just can't understand what you women see in these bloodless clerics. Oh, I always thought that Mr. Withers was is a very charming man. I agree. But why should anyone want to marry him? You wouldn't want to marry him, would you, Millie? Not now. That is, I, uh, of course not. (laughs) Smollett? Good Lord, man. You do come in on a fellow suddenly. (laughs) Yes, I did. Oh, don't mind this old double-barreled shotgun. I've been working on it. Smollett, may I have your attention for a minute? There's something on the sun porch I'd like to show you. Why, yes, yes, of course. Smollett, George and I went out to see if we could shoot some rats which have been driven out of the old well by the high water, afraid they might get into the house. Now you must listen to me very carefully. Very carefully, or you will be shot. Shot by accident. Princey, what's got into you? You heard me ask you as you came in who would kill Withers. You also heard Millicent make a comment, an unguarded comment. Well, what of it? Very little. Unless you were to hear that Withers met a violent end this very afternoon. And that, my dear Smollett, is what you are going to hear. What? Withers? Yes. Who killed him? Millicent. Good Lord. Yes, it's a mess. And of course you would have remembered and guessed. Maybe. Yes, I suppose I should. Therefore, you constitute a problem. Why did she kill him? No, it's one of those disgusting things. Pitiable, too. She deluded herself into thinking he was in love with her. Good heavens! Millie! Oh, yes, of course. I see. He had told her about the Davis girl. I understand. Now, I have no wish, as you will comprehend, that she should be proved either a lunatic or a murderess. I could hardly go on living here after that. I suppose not. On the other hand, you know about it. Yes, I see, and that that makes me a problem. You're wondering if I could keep my mouth shut. If I promise... I'm wondering if I could believe you. But if I promise... If things went smoothly, yes. But not if there was any sort of suspicion, any questioning. You would be afraid of being an accessory. I don't know... I do. Hmm. What are we going to do? I can't see anything else. You'd never be fool enough to do me in. You can't get rid of two corpses. 
Oh, I regard it as a better risk than the other. It could be an accident, or you and Withers could both disappear. Hmm, there are possibilities in that. Listen, listen, you can't. I can, but there may be a way out. Hmm. There is, Smollett. You gave it to me yourself. I? I did. What? You said you would kill Withers. You have a motive. Look here, I, I was joking, of course. You saw that. You are always joking. Listen, Smollett, I can't trust you. You must trust me. Else I will kill you now in the next minute. I mean that. You can choose between dying and living. Go on. Now, there's the old well just outside the sun porch door. That's where I'm going to put Withers. No one outside knows he's come up here this afternoon. No one will ever look there for him unless you tell them. You must give me evidence that you have murdered Withers. I murdered him? Why do you want that? So that I shall be dead sure that you will never open your lips on the subject. I see. What evidence? George, hit him in the face. With pleasure, Governor. No! Oh! I can't stand it! Keep out of this. Why, Captain, you should be more careful. Look what your teeth did to my knuckles. Again, George. Okay. No! Father, how can you? You women keep out of this. I'm sorry, Smollett, but there must be traces of a struggle between you and Withers. Then it will not be altogether safe for you to go to the police. Can't you take my word, man? I will, when we're finished. George? Yeah? Get the croquet mallet. It's on the sun porch floor. Right, Governor. Take your handkerchief to the handle. Yeah, yeah, I got it, Governor. There, Captain. There's the weapon. As I told you, Smollett. Now, you'll just grasp the end that smashed Withers' head. I shall shoot you if you don't. Good Lord, man. You can't. All right. There. That's it. Now, deposit it outside on the side of the house. Out of the rain, of course. No. Wait, George. Eh? First, you'd better pull a few hairs out of his head and put them under the nails of Withers' right hand. Princey, have you gone mad? Do you know what you're doing? With this gun? Yes. Go ahead, George. Sorry to muss up your hair, Captain. Ow! Shut up, Smollett. There. That's all we need. Now for Withers. We'll fix it all right up. Smollett, you may turn around. Withers is just there in the sun porch. Draw back the curtain. Good Lord, Princey. Yes, messy. But we'll get him fixed up. Now you, Smollett, you've got to drag him through the door and dump him in the old well. Just beyond the door, Captain. I won't touch him. I won't. All right. Stand aside. Out of range, George. Father! Keep quiet. My aim's none too great as it is. Wait! Wait a minute! That's better, Smollett. Much better. Go on now. In here. You'll have to take him outside. By the shoulders ought to do it, Captain. Quiet, George. Go on, Smollett. Go on. You've seen dead men before. Drag him. Drag him! 
come away from the window, dear. Don't look. But Captain Smollett! Your father is a very resourceful man, Millicent. I'm sure what he's doing is right. No! <laughs> but the Captain! I can't, I can't stand it! I say, are you two still at it? There's enough trouble round here without you blubbering. <laughs> I... <laughs> I'm not blubbering, George Princey! <laughs> so you see, Smollett, everything is perfectly safe. They'll never look in our well. You see how safe it is? I... I, I guess it is. Good heavens, man, you're dripping wet. Why didn't you slip your raincoat on? Uh, tea ready, my dear? Just a minute, dear. I'll ring for Bridget. Exactly what you need, Smollett. A cup of tea. Best thing in the world to ward off a cold. Sit down, won't you? <laughs> Don't mind getting the chair wet. A cigarette? Help yourself. Ah, Bridget. Put the tray here in front of me on the table. That's it. I say, Captain, you've gone and cut your lip. I, uh, I just knocked it. Oh, how dreadful. Here, Bridget, give the captain this cup. Oh, no, thank you. I'll, I think I'll be running along now, if you don't mind. My Captain Smollett, without any tea? Oh, yes, if you don't mind, Mrs. Princey. If I could just have my raincoat. I'll get it for you, Captain. This is very distressing, Smollett, very. Oh, I'll be all right presently, I'm sure. Here we are now. Let me help you. Oh, thank you. Don't worry, old fellow. Don't worry at all. Oh, no, I... Uh, good afternoon. Nothing serious, I imagine. A little rest and he'll be right as rain. By the way, Millicent, you're not looking any too well. No, not well at all. I'm sure it was that croquet court. Being outdoors and weather like this is simply foolhardy. The mate is right, Millie. You saw what happened to Captain Smollett. Come along, dear. I shall give you a hot foot bath. And we'll put you to bed. A couple of days in bed and you'll be fine again. Get plenty of rest, Millicent. And don't worry about a thing. That's the best cure. Well, I guess I'll have a little rest too, Governor. It's a fine afternoon for a nap. Indeed it is, son. Well, enjoy yourself. I'll see you later. Right now, I have business to attend to. Number, please. Get me the police station, please. Police station? Right away, sir. Police headquarters, Sergeant Yancey speaking. Oh, hello, Sergeant. This is Princey of Abbott's Road. I believe you know me. Oh, indeed I do, Mr. Princey. Sergeant, a horrible thing has just happened. Quite extraordinary. Murder, in fact. Murder? I'm afraid it looks rather bad for, well, a personal friend of ours, unfortunately. We saw him do it. You'd better send someone over right away. Our man should be there right about now, Mr. Princey. I... I beg your pardon? I say, our man should be there now. Constable Martin has his post right below your house there. Just rang in. 
It seems Captain Smollett was with him. Captain Smollett? He reported some rather queer goings-on at your place. But I certainly didn't understand it was murder. Just just don't touch anything, Mr. Princey, and, and don't worry. Don't worry at all. No, 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 no. I, I won't, Sergeant. Uh, thank you. Governor? Governor, where are you? I'm right here. Stop shouting. We, uh, we, we, ha- we have some, some visitors, Governor. Why, yes. Yes, I can see that. Well, Constable, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Mr. Princey. And Smollett. I say, what a remarkable fellow you are. Coming back like this, here to reenact the crime? Only the one against me, Mr. Princey. The one against the curate, I'll leave to you people. <laughs> Extraordinary sense of humor. <laughs> Mr. Princey, I just had a look at what's in your will. Not a pretty sight, that. Not a pretty sight at all. Yes, Captain Smollett was thorough, if nothing else. You saw him when he did it, sir, out in the back. Oh, quite. We were just returning from a walk. Smollett had evidently been laying for the curate, hiding out in those bushes by the road, I imagine. He was never inside this house? Never. And you say, Captain? I say that while I was inside this house, a guest of the family, I was coerced into dragging the curate's body outside and dumping it in the well. Well, there we are. Not entirely, Constable. If I remove my raincoat, notice how damp I got my clothes when I went outside without it. Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? Quite. He... He undoubtedly removed his coat at some point between here and your post. I, I might as well tell you that his weapon, a red croquet mallet, is out by the side of the house. I shouldn't be at all surprised that you would find his fingerprints all over it. All over the end of the mallet, Constable. The end that mashed with his head. Not the end I'd have had to grasp in order to do the mashing. Governor! That's a decent try, Smollett, but it won't work. There must be other evidence, Constable. You'll undoubtedly find that when you examine the body. You'll find his hair. Oh, he means my hair under Wither's nails. Well, sir, if you look carefully, I believe you'll find a few of my precious hairs under his son's nails, too. Here, what are you trying to... Shut up. Uh, Constable, this is an utter waste of time. So far as the violent struggle between Smollett and Withers is concerned, Smollett's face speaks for itself, quite eloquently, I believe. Oh, but no more eloquently than your son's knuckles. As you see, Constable, a fresh abrasion. He did that on my teeth. Or did he? What? I say, or did he? He might have done it on Withers' teeth. Oh, 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 I see. I see what you mean. But, 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 but I didn't. The, the governor said, he said... Oh, keep still, you nitwit. Let me think. Let me think. As a matter of fact, George, the more I think of it, the more I'm convinced it was your voice that I heard. Quite a vigorous quarrel. Something about the curate jilting your sister. Oh, don't be ridiculous, Smollett. Very well, Princey. If your son didn't do it, who did? 
That's what I'd like to know. How about it, Mr. Princey? Well, that is a sticker, all right. <laughs> George, my boy, it looks like you're elected. Elected? What do you mean? I didn't do it. What? I had nothing to do with it. Keep your mouth shut, will you? I won't. I'm not going to take the blame for her. Millie did it. She did it with the mallet I saw. You could prove that. Uh, uh yes. Her fingerprints on the mallet handle. Why, George, don't you remember when you made me touch the mallet when you picked it up with your handkerchief? No. No. George, I'm quite sure you wiped that handle clean. Oh, well, I could hardly expect you to remember that if you can't even remember killing the curate. Governor? I told you to keep still. But, but Governor, you're not going to turn me over. As long as I can remember, George, you've been a trial and a tribulation to me. Governor, I... You really shouldn't have done it, son. You really shouldn't have. No, George, that was definitely wrong. <laughs> I say, Princey, I think I'll have that cup of tea after all. Nothing like it in weather like this. So Ends Wet Saturday by John C. Alzadek and Dana Perry Hayes. Tonight's story of Suspense. Suspense is produced by Blue Hours Productions and recorded at Melrose Music in Hollywood, California. Tonight's radio drama was adapted for radio by John C. Alzadek and Dana Perry Hayes from the short story by John Collier. Damon Crawl was Princey. Adrian Wilkinson was Millicent. Daniel Hackman was Captain Smollett, Sean Hackman was George, Dana Perry Hayes was Mrs. Princey, and Steve Moulton was the constable. I'm Damon Crawl. Next week at this time, tune in again for another study in suspense. Well, that was fantastic. Thanks again, John Elsedek and all the crew from the Suspense crew and watching Wet Saturday. Next week, we finish off Sonic Summerstock Season 2013 with another suspense story, The Devil's Saint. Ooh, I'm glad they're coming back again. I'm looking forward to it. See you next week. Bye-bye. And that's this week's performance for the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. All productions, performances, characters and scripts presented in the Playhouse belong strictly to their copyright holders, and no copyright infringement is assumed or intended. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is part of the Sonic Society podcast and Electric Vicuna Productions. Any shows that continue their run must have explicit permission from all parties involved. Join us next week at the Playhouse for another classic performance. I am your announcer, David Alt. Good night.
Chauncey Haworth, Mark Slade, and Lothar Tuppen. The demented minds behind the Twisted Pulp Radio Hour bring you... Twisted Pulp Magazine. A journey beyond surreality to worlds you never knew or hoped existed. Worlds of the supernatural. Worlds of dark satire. Worlds of nightmarish futures. Twisted Pulp Magazine. If you thought the 21st century was weird enough already, think again. Twisted Pulp Magazine. A step beyond your grandfather's pulp. Available at digitalvaudeville.com. That's D-I-G-I-T-A-L-V-A-U-D-E-V-I-L-L-E dot com. Twisted Pulp Magazine.